Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. Lewis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. Beginnings can be very exciting. That heady mix of novelty, potential, and adrenaline, it's potent enough when the new thing is something you want. If it's the start of an effort that provides others something they too have sought and really needed, anticipation amplifies many fold, and in the best cases, draw support, continuing as it fills people's needs. Endings aren't associated with the same energy, yet closings made in good time, good faith, and solid confidence in other beginnings have their own strength. Here to, to, to discuss how that's true for the local nonprofit We Stories, we have Maggie Klonsky, the executive director of We Stories. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Ellen. And Pam Washington, a board member of We Stories and district gifted coordinator for the Webster Groves School District. Welcome to you as well. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Now, a quick transparency note before we dive in. I served as a board member of We Stories the year it was founded and supported its work in a few different ways in years thereafter. So without further ado, Maggie, can you please briefly describe what We Stories has done over the last seven years and whom you were mainly serving? Sure. Um, over the last seven years, our organization has really worked to help resource families of young kids and particularly looking at supporting white families and leaning into conversations, knowing that the data has tells us um, that's where the conversations are most often not happening. Mm -hmm. So really working to try to um, provide resources and support and a community for folks to be able to practice um, leaning into those anti-racist parenting skills. Mm -hmm. And what were the goals of the organization when it began? Yeah, a great question. So beginning in such a different um, moment in the ecosystem, uh, there was there were not a lot of places for parents to turn to find resources and support or to find models for what the, that looked like as a parent. And so to provide that support and be able to impact as many families as possible in hopes that they would move from the conversations that were happening in their homes to then um, figuring out where are the places of impact within my community that I can insert, um, or not insert, but you know, where can I Im impact places in my community that I touch? Mm -hmm. and. Um, hopefully be able to help move some of the political will in St. Louis towards racial equity by activating previously unengaged parents. Mm -hmm. Now, we were both on the board at the same time. Maggie, where were you in your life when you decided to, to join We Stories, and why did you join? Yeah, I was at an interesting point it was, I was at the intersection of my own individual anti-racist journey as a white woman, but also had um, the realization that being a parent of a child that at that point was about 15 months old, so not quite conversational, but knowing that I wanted to be able to raise my son in a way that looked different than how I was socialized and raised uh, in the particular moment that I was raised in, um, but not quite knowing what exactly that looked like. 
I was fortunate to be connected to the co-founders and get to participate in focus meetings. And being an educator by trade, I was especially attracted to the intervention of let's use something that we hope parents are already doing, which is reading to kids, and let's build on that by giving them some really specific strategies for how they can extend those conversations into meaningful ones about uh, race and difference and, and how we can um, impact change. Mm-hmm. Now, Pam, at what point did you become part of We Stories, um, not necessarily as a board member, but how did your relationship with this organization begin? Sure. So I actually found out about We Stories from a dear friend of mine, Kristen, and she participated in the pilot group. And she told me more about We Stories. This was right after the killing murder of Mike Brown. And from our conversations, I was then um, introduced to Adelaide and Laura, the Mm co-founders. And based upon my conversations with them, talking to them, I felt like this was something I needed to get involved with, particularly because I'm an educator. And just being a person of color raising my two daughters, I also saw the impact of them being in predominantly white spaces and those spaces not being at a point of comfort to have conversations about race, racism, even the killing of Mike Brown, which was in our own community. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do want to note here is that of the two Mm co-founders, Adelaide Lancaster is uh, someone who no longer lives here in St. Louis but was a transplant and had children of her own. And Laura Horowitz was a a boomerang, so she moved back to St. Louis after having grown up here, and Mm -hmm. she too um, had children when she returned, I think the the day that Mike Brown was killed. Yes. Now, was there anything about the combination of those two and what they were talking about, Pam, that compelled you um, around this idea that they had? Yes, I think that it's oftentimes for both, for most, most parents, particularly for Adelaide, for Laura, for myself, being able to read about race and racism is common, but being able to take those readings and put it into a conversation with others, put it into action so that there's impact, so that there's change, that was something that was different about what Laura and Adelaide envisioned, and that was what was different about We Stories. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, being a person of color, a black mother raising black children, we have that conversation on a daily, regular basis. And so being able to be in predominantly white spaces where that also was important to have those conversations, um, I think that in itself is what made it essential um, for me to be a part of the work because I also wanted to include my voice and my knowledge. Maggie, based on what you're hearing Pam share, is there anything else that you can add insofar as sort of understanding um, what We Story's purpose was in the beginning and then what it was able to do in these last seven years? Yeah, I think I echo a lot of Pam's feelings, even though my family makeup looks really differently. I felt really pulled in to a place that was able to authentically say, we're not aiming to be perfect, We, but we are aiming to do better. We want to 
commit to continuous learning and practice uh, and really try to shift mindsets away from ones that really keep people stuck. So mindsets around perfectionism and not being able to get started on their journey, or I can't talk about my kids, or I can't talk to my kids because I'm not sure if I'm going to do it the right way. Um, things that you know often hold people up, really articulating what those holdups often are, and then help giving strategies to help parents like myself move beyond them really impacted myself as a new parent, but it also impacted just about, you know, every, it impacted me on so many levels personally that helped me use those same mindset shifts in my everyday life as an individual, and then therefore impact everything about my parenting and how um, the conversations my family has and um, the things we choose to get involved in, the things we choose to support, where we spend our dollars, mm-hmm. um, how we use our political uh, influence in places, who we support in terms of candidates in different places. So it really rippled out in big ways for me. Mm-hmm. So we are here talking about the closing of we stories after seven years. And Maggie, what you've described, it doesn't seem like um, all of that has been achieved, uh, that it is part of a a journey. So at what point, or or maybe was there a a specific moment or perhaps even a critique that uh, we stories received that made you realize it may be time for we stories to close? Pam, let me get your response to that first. You know, I think that over um, the last five years specifically, I would say pre-pandemic 2019 and then leading into 2020 after the murder of George Floyd, um, we saw tremendous participation with some of the family cohort groups with We Stories. We were able to have regional impact. We were able to have national impact. During the pandemic, we actually opened up our cohorts so they were virtual. So we had participation coast to coast. Um, And then after the pandemic, we noticed that some of the numbers as far as participation started to wane and decrease. Um, And upon reflecting as a board as to where do we see We Stories going, um, we had a vision but we weren't seeing the level of participation from families that we had in prior years. So that let us know, number one, we did have impact. Number two, people felt empowered to use the knowledge to move forward. And number three, we needed to do some deep reflection as to um, where we were going and what our next chapter would be. Mm-hmm. And Maggie, in the there's a, a letter that you sent out to, to folks who support. You said this was a difficult decision. What about the decision was so hard? Yeah, good question. <clears throat> I think in particular, having been someone that experienced so many facets of We Stories, from board member to uh, pilot participant to family participant, I got to to educator um, pieces with it as well, to board member, board president. We Stories have become so entwined in my life, like it had for many of our participants and board members, that I think um, the, um, the nostalgia and the importance of how much that impacted our journeys is what added some difficulty to 
the decision when we were working through, you know, what made the most sense for the organization, but not just the organization, what made the most sense for the organization in relation to the broader ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once we were able to really separate that and know, like, none of that is discounted by saying that we're at a different moment now. So that doesn't take away any of you know those things that have been built, those relationships, those impacts um, that continue to move forward to today. But it would be a disservice if we weren't honest with ourselves about reflecting on the particular moment of where we were at almost a year ago, actually. We're mm-hmm. kind of coming up on a year ago is when we made the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was not something that was rushed. To Pam's point, there was a lot of intentional uh, reflection on it. And when we were able to kind of separate, okay, what does this mean for me personally from what is our organization um, in the best position to do at this point in time. We thought about those ways that we have had a lot of impacts. And to your question from earlier, uh, we don't think that you know racism has been solved by any means. Um, I think, in a, particularly in our letter, uh, we're looking at the ways that some of the goals we had around having more accessible resources and places for people to plug in. Those kinds of things exist on a much broader spectrum today than they did in 2015. And so why not have people connect to either the hyper-local spaces that a lot of folks are already a part of, whether it's school equity groups or places of faith or other community places where they have authentic relationships already, why not um, do our best to be able to share our resources broadly than we more broadly than we ever would be able to otherwise to help bolster those groups to be able to build upon the relationships that are already in place and um, continue their learning and practice and action. And I know Pam has, you know, some mm-hmm. strong feelings around that moving to action piece that I'm hoping we can get, get, to, to, get to later yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So we're speaking with Maggie Klonsky, who's the executive director of We Stories, and Pam Washington, who's board member of We Stories and district gifted counselor, I'm sorry, coordinator for Webster Groves School District. Now, to this point about resources, I want to make sure that we touch on this. The resources are available for free on the We Stories website right now, but soon the website, it's going to shut down. So, Pam, how will that change what is available to the public, and why not just leave the site up so that people can get to these resources because you're not done yet? Yes. Um, that's a great question. So the resources are available, and there um, a lot of thought, a lot of thought, um, and organization was put into placing them there so that institutions, individuals, families can access them. I think really, the question is not how will you use the resources, but really how will your actions change? So okay. resources, materials are just one layer. Honestly, they're a surface layer. Mm-hmm. So if we really want to address the impact of We Stories, then the question is on the institution. The question is on the individual. What are you going to do to change your actions to be an anti-racist? Not what additional free resources are there. Mm-hmm. The truth is, is that the same books that we used were always available at public libraries. They're available for free at libraries. They were before and they still are now. The guides that we have on our website are simply guides 
to support the work and the reading and the conversations that individuals and institutions are having. Um, we haven't made a final decision as to if we're going to extend those available free resources beyond June. But again, I want to go back to the individual and the institution's responsibility to be an anti-racist and not always looking for a free resource to change their behavior to be anti-racist. So to wrap this, Pam, mm -hmm. what would be one thing you want to see that would demonstrate action? Action to be anti-racist means that you consciously are comfortable and able to have conversations about race and racism. You put your money into black-owned and other minority-owned or people of color-owned businesses, and that when something is said that is an injustice or a racial slur or any type of slur towards any group of people, you stand up and you address it. And then you have those same conversations with your family members, with your children, and the institutions that you're employed by. You take a stand and you do what is right. Pam Washington is a board member of We Stories and District Gifted Coordinator for the Webster Grove School District. And Maggie Klonsky is the Executive Director of We Stories. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you for Thank having you, us. Today's episode was produced by Avery Rogers. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.